0: Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. Wow, guys, so this is episode 7 and so far I have been absolutely blown away by the feedback I'm receiving from each and every listener that has DMed me or left a review and from my guests And it's just such an honor to be a conduit for this very important conversation about consciousness, entrepreneurship, spirituality, rituals, all the things that really drive me in my life and remind me why I am here. So it's been an intense couple of weeks since I launched the podcast. It's been a little over a month that it's been out there in the universe. And on the one hand, I just feel so in the right place at the right time. The conversation is landing and I know it. And on the other hand, I felt really lost. I felt disconnected from my bigger mission and vision. I felt disconnected from my business, Breakfast Criminals. And I've been very honest about it and vulnerable in whatever meditation circles I've been going to, in shamanic ceremonies, as well as in my Instagram stories. And one of those days when I was feeling really low, I actually shared a story on my Instagram account. It is woke and wired if you're not following yet and you want to connect. And I posted this thing that I woke up and I was just feeling this sense of who am I and what am I even doing? And, you know, it took a level of vulnerability and courage to put that out there because I know myself as someone who is always very clear on my goals and knows what I'm doing and mentors a lot of others to really, really go for their dreams and be in action. And there I was feeling completely lost. A few of my followers and members of my community sent me messages explaining that that's just what's going on with the planets, Mars is in retrograde, other things are moving on the planetary level that are affecting a lot of humans in a way where we do feel a little lost and disconnected, so I just let that sink in and I let that move and then over the weekend, I did this overnight meditation ceremony and I, wow, how do I even put that into words? I went with an intention of surrender, of letting go of whatever thoughts and ideas and plans I have and just be with the divine flow of serving the highest good and serving my highest good. What I came up with completely blew my mind and I feel like a whole different human now. So here's what happened. Just so you know, give you a background, June has been the most successful month I've ever had with my business. and the most financially lucrative month, and I would have thought that, well, if it is a very successful month, then I should just be so happy and fulfilled every moment of time, but I wasn't, so I started really looking for what was missing, and what I was shown in the ceremony is that I got so busy getting things done and achieving milestone after milestone that I completely forgot to be with what's in front of me here right now, whether that's a person, a group of people, Or maybe it's someone virtually listening to my podcast or reading my Instagram post. And the most important thing that I can provide for myself and for anyone is full presence. Loving, kind, accepting presence. There is absolutely nothing that is more important than that. And I know it might sound simple, but I really connected to it and it really clicked into my body. And just to translate it into the digital age language... To me, that looks like stopping looking at my Instagram numbers because on the Breakfast Criminals account, they haven't really been growing for the past couple of months. And instead, looking at my community of over 80,000 people who tune into the work that I share, the ideas that I spread, and care about it, and really ask myself, how can I serve each and every existing member of the community instead of chasing numbers and numbers and numbers? That's a bit of wisdom that I wanted to share with you before we get to this week's guest. And I also have an exciting announcement. I am going to be dropping some new, shorter episodes in between the weekly Thursday longer form episodes. I think you're going to really enjoy it, so stay tuned for that. And if you're enjoying this podcast, the best way you can support it is spread the word, share it with your friends, as well as go on the podcast app on your iPhone and leave a rating and a review. That is really going to help more people discover the podcast, get inspired by the ideas, get in action, and get open to the new possibilities that are absolutely infinite. This week's episode guest is Jera Bean. Jarrah Bean is a fitness and lifestyle influencer. She has close to 200,000 followers on Instagram And she is known for her very real and vulnerable presence. She shares about everything from mental illness to finding peace in your body, feeling confident. And she's on a mission to empower women to get out of their comfort zones and take their life not too seriously. Fun fact about Jara, because she gets a lot of questions about her exotic name. Jera is a concept and a name that comes from runestones, which are similar to tarot cards and are used as tools of divination and a way to predict one's future. Her mom actually named her that without even knowing that it corresponded to a certain runestone, but as the twelfth stone, Jera is symbolic of success, abundance, and the cycles of nature and life. If you already know Jera, you're probably thinking, "Oh, this makes sense." And if not, you're in for a treat. Enjoy this episode. We're going to talk about how she started her business, how she went from a Soul Cycle instructor to being a full-time influencer. She also shares pretty vulnerably her experience of owning her decisions, of letting go something she worked really, really hard for. Keep listening to find out what Jera is up to next. And also, why you don't have to have it all figured out to start sharing your experience with other people, online or offline. Jara also shares her advice for anyone starting an online brand, as well as the biggest mistake that brands make when reaching out to influencers. Whether you're in the influencer space or not, Jara has a lot of very real, approachable, and actionable wisdom that she's dropping in this episode, so enjoy. So, guys, I'm here with Jara in my Brooklyn apartment, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can see her, and we're waving at you right now. Hi! <laughs> I always like to start by telling people how we met. Yeah. And I think that we've been aware of each other on Instagram for quite yes, a long time. quite a while. And then we met in person for the first time at a four-season event that we both went to. Did we not meet at the Sage event? Before that, we did. Yeah, That's yeah. That right. was the,
1: but I don't think we talked a whole lot there because there's a lot of people.
0: That's right. Right. So we went to this wellness influencer brunch where we got to really share some things that we were going through and you know, on a more vulnerable level than your usual influencer brunch events. Yes. And I was just like, that girl, I like her. Aw, thanks. And then we ran into each other again. So uh, we also have this crystal here. It's a clear quartz. That clears the energy and amplifies your inner knowing and your inner wayfinding. I need that. Done. <laughs> so at the other event, we ran into each other again, and we really connected because we're both going through pivoting in mm-hmm. our projects, in our Instagram yep. things, and I'm excited to have you here today to just hear about your journey and how you got into this whole Insta fame Instagram business, mm-hmm. entrepreneur boss babe game, and... Let's actually, let's get to the most interesting part first. Let's do it. I'm ready. So what's making you feel woke?
1: Oh my goodness. Great question. I think that I recently made a really big and really challenging decision in terms of changing my career and leaving behind something that I fought really hard for, but then decided wasn't right for me and just sort of owning that decision and realizing that I have to trust my gut and follow what that feels like. I think that's what is making me feel very woke.
0: What does that feel like?
1: I think it feels very empowering to not hold back because of your past or what you thought once defined you. If I'm getting more specific about it, Soul Cycle is something that really defined me because it's something that I worked really hard for in order to become an instructor and it's something that I dreamed about night and day for several years. Like a lot of people out there. Yeah, I think that applies to a lot of situations. And I became an instructor and I taught for about a year and a half and I recently decided to leave. And that was a huge decision for me. And I think to own that decision, despite of worrying what other people are going to think or thinking, you know, you you fought so hard for this. Why are you now making this big change? It's just like, all right, this is my decision. I'm going to own this and I'm going to move forward with it. And it feels really powerful. Hmm.
0: So what do you think changed from the moment where you decided to become mm-hmm. a soul cycle instructor and when you got into the whole fitness world to now what was the biggest lesson you learned from really going into this wellness fitness world deep Yeah well despite
1: realizing that soul cycle wasn't right for me the journey of that entire process was really transformative and really important in becoming who I am currently and really fighting for that that Fighting for a position that I was so unqualified for. Like I had no background in fitness instruction. I had a terrible fear of public speaking. I had just no idea what I was doing, but still fighting for something, even when you're really unsure and you don't have all the tools in your tool in your toolkit, just shows that you're willing to stand up for yourself and go for something.
0: Hmm. So let's circle back to how you got into the fitness world to begin with as someone who was not a fitness instructor, someone who was actually a graphic designer. Yes. If you guys follow Jara on Instagram, you, you probably know a little bit about her story. But in this talk, we're going to dig a little deeper. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. It's about to get very interesting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I got into the fitness world kind of on a whim. I had been fairly athletic growing up. I played basketball for a little bit. I discovered spinning in college at my college gym and I, it was 2015 and I had been through a pretty rough two-ish years of being in a job that I was very unhappy with to the point I was losing hair and just completely exhausted seven days a week. And I had just come out of a four-year relationship and that was pretty challenging and sort of heartbreaking to end. And I woke up one day and I think without... Thinking, oh, I need to do something good for myself. I think that was something that a message that was coming from inside. And I decided to buy Kayla at Sinus's workout guides, which, and I'd been following her for about a year or so on Instagram. So I was familiar with the transformations that she posted. And I went to the gym and I started day one, week one of the BBG guide. And that same day, I also made an Instagram account for myself, just because that's what all the other girls were doing. And A couple things happened. I was sticking to the workout guides because they're pretty easy to follow, and having an Instagram account also kept myself accountable because I was connecting with other people doing the same workouts as I was. And I started to make these female connections with other women doing the BBG guides. And that felt really good because at that time, I didn't really have many friends in my life. So having those female connections all of a sudden felt like a really powerful thing that I was really lacking elsewhere. And Third, I discovered that I really love social media and I loved thinking about things to post and coming up with content and connecting with people in that way. So over the course of three months, I got about 15,000 followers, which is like absolutely insane. What did you do? How did that happen? I think that the Kayla Itzinas community at the time was this very small Tight knit community, but very quickly growing. And all the girls there were looking to be very supportive and connecting with all the other uh, women doing the program. So it was this breeding ground for content and followers and support. So I think that starting off with Kayla at C-ness in those initial months was really huge for both fitness for me personally and also for actually creating an account that had followers in terms of growing in that sense.
0: Were you into social media at all before that, or was that sort of a new thing for you?
1: So I was a little bit here and there. I had my personal account, and then I actually had an art account that was linked to my graphic design. Is
0: that that so out on the internet?
1: Yes, so I was at Bean Robin. That was my hand lettering account, and I posted like my drawings and my different lettering pieces that I did, and I did find some connection through that realm which I really enjoyed. And I think that was almost the first stepping stone for creating my account at the time, which was workout bean. That was my original fitness account. But there was connection that I found through my art account that I really enjoyed in like the Instagram space.
0: Do you remember when you first got into whether it was social media or like a chat room or a messenger? Like
1: back in the day, back
0: in the day, what was the first thing you remember?
1: I remember like AOL and getting the CDs and you would like pop them into your computer and you'd get the newest AOL and like there being four chat rooms that existed (laughs) and like logging in and like just talking to people and wanting to connect to other people watching like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something like that. And then it evolved from there. But that's probably my earliest memory of talking to people.
0: What was your online. nickname on that?
1: Oh, my God. I ha- well, I think I had a couple screen names. But my original one that like lasted for several years was shootingstar0000 at AOL.com.
0: What does that mean? Let's see. Well, I, don't I don't know. I don't
1: even think I have a star tattoo. Mm-hmm. No. I don't know, man. I was just
0: shooting star. That's so <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> Do you remember what your favorite computer game growing up was?
1: Oh, I wasn't really super into computer video games, like computer video games, my god. I remember I had this one dancing game, uh, Busted Groove, on like PlayStation. I don't know, I was not very good at it, but I played that sometimes. And I loved like some Mario on my Game Boy.
0: Oh yeah, but I wasn't
1: super into video games.
0: What's the thing you miss the most about growing up without social media?
1: I had this moment last night on the train because I always sit on the train with my phone and, you know, trying to respond to emails and DMs and comments. And I looked up and I counted the amount of people in the subway car because it wasn't very many. It's like basically just the amount of people who could fit in the seats. And like there were 20 people and like 16 of them were all either on their phones or holding their phone in their hand. And it's like, and I do the same thing. I'm just like, Why do I need to have my phone in my hand all the time if I'm not using it? It's crazy. But I think maybe I don't really think about that too much, but I miss that in a sense. It's like we're so tied to just the physicality of our phones, like just holding it and checking it even when there's no need to check it. So I think it was kind of nice before when we weren't like so tied to these devices that control our lives.
0: (laughs) We are tied and we let them control them. And, you know, whenever I get aware of myself being... On the phone all the time, even when I'm not using it, just like you said, it kind of scares me when I look around in the subway, like 90% of people are on their phones yeah. and probably 14 of them, like out of the 16 are on Instagram. Right.
1: I mean, it's it's good because
0: that's our <laughs> business, but it's also not so great in other so ways to- Let's get to that. <laughs> Would you say that Instagram changed your life?
1: Instagram without fail changed my life. Like there's no question about it. It changed my life in extremely positive way wow yeah (laughs) I mean I don't no hesitation
0: so tell me a little more what was the progression between you starting the account it's starting to grow and when when were you like oh wow I'm spending so much time on this I probably can charge money for the content I create for brands yeah
1: now because the role of the influencer is so much more prominent and there's way more people doing it than in 2015 that if this was to happen in current day, I think I could have started charging earlier and realizing that Workout Bean or Bean now was actually a business. But let's see, I I think that the main marker was when I left my graphic, the main marker was when I left my graphic design job. So I started my account in April, 2015. And then I left my office job in September, 2015. And I started just taking freelance work And I didn't really know what I was going to do in my free time, but I was like, I need to create space in order to figure that out. So a few things happened. I continued working as a graphic designer freelance. I started studying for my NASM certification, which is the personal training certification. Eventually got that. I went on a road trip with some of my girlfriends from high school from Portland to LA over the course of almost two weeks. And that was just sort of this freeing moment because I hadn't had that in a while. And then some things were sort of brewing. As that was all happening, uh, Adidas reached out, and I eventually became an ambassador Yay. for them. Which it's is like, deal,
0: guys, which is like still mind boggling to me that that is true and real. Why do you think they reached out to you? It's a great question. No one's asked you that before. <laughs>
1: I think that there's a couple of things. I think that I've done a really good job of creating community through my account and people who feel like they're both connected to me and connected to other people through my posts and through my content. And I think that I'm really good at just showcasing me, like what you see on my posts, what you see on my Insta stories. That's just me in real life. Like There is no faking of a personality or putting on something that's not real. And I think they easily pick up on that and they want to not just be a brand. They want to be connected to other people doing innovative things and being their authentic
0: selves. Totally. Yeah. Something I want to share with you, I actually just used this today that my boyfriend taught me, mm-hmm. is whenever I'm talking with a brand, when they reached out, whether it's new or not, or we're talking about renewing a contract, yeah. what I ask them is, so why do you want to continue working with me? Or why did you reach out to me? So this way... I like that. They're pitching themselves paying you instead of the other way around. And they are reaffirmed and have wanting to work with you. And so this way we don't have to guess, you know, why did this branch choose us? We can actually ask them, hey, why do you love working with me?
1: Well, I always find that whenever a brand reaches out, I really appreciate when it's not just, hey there, cutie pie, like saw your page, liked it. I'm like, how many times are you copying and pasting this to other women or other people?
0: Oh, your people can't see there. Oh, whoops. Yep.
1: There we go. I always appreciate when there's at least some effort of oh I saw your recent post and that really connected with me or I've seen this theme over the past couple weeks and that resonated with me so when they actually take time to research who they're reaching out to it mm-hmm. always makes a big impact in that initial email
0: totally especially the kind of emails that touch me the most when it comes mm-hmm. to possible partnerships is when someone reaches out and says hey I've been following you for three years. You inspired me to drink my first green smoothie and you transferred my mornings. And now I I work for this company and I would want to pay you money to do something with us. Like that's my favorite when people have seen the journey and know my values. And there's just like such deeper foundation for working together. Totally. Mm. On that
1: note, not that it's brand related, but there's a gal who I ran into at an Adidas event earlier this week. And she's like, I started following you when you had like 50 followers. She's been following me almost this whole time. And I was just like, that is so special and so crazy and so Mm -hmm. wonderful. So, yeah, there's something about people who have been with you for Mm -hmm. a a large portion of the ride.
0: How do you think you have changed since since before you were Insta-famous, as someone would say, Mm -hmm. to now when people probably recognize you on the street every day?
1: I think that I have changed a lot. I think that I have gained a lot of confidence. I have had to face a lot of fears along the way. And that's partly due to SoulCycle as well. So so SoulCycle and Instagram. And just sort of, there's this one phrase that has stuck with me for a while. Feel the fear and do it anyway. And I feel like that has been a theme of like the past three years, both with Instagram and SoulCycle and making career changes and moving to a new apartment and now pursuing my business completely on my own. I think it's given me the confidence to feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm
0: -hmm. What's the biggest business fear that you can think of facing and then doing it anyway? And what was the learning on the other side of it?
1: I think probably the biggest one that at least I've experienced so far is what I just went through with leaving SoulCycle and then deciding to take on Instagram and my brand and hopefully expanding past that full-time because there is no guaranteed money in this. Like, you know, I I get paid to work with brands or go to events and perhaps two deals came in this month, but perhaps zero deals come in the next month. So there's no guarantee, like a stable job. There's no health insurance or anything like that. So you're kind of betting on yourself, but when you bet on yourself, I think that it inspires you to hustle that much harder and really care about what you're doing and the content you're putting out there and the deals that you're trying to make and the connections you're trying to form it just makes you work that much harder. I
0: totally and you know that that down the line that's going towards you and your business and not some other corporation so I think that's the most fulfilling thing.
1: Yeah the work you put in is for you and your future it's not for someone else.
0: But at the same time he, that's actually a thing that's been coming up for me is I'm realizing that brand partnership yes so The way that if you guys are listening, you might be a blogger yourself, you might not be, you might not even be sure how we both make money being bloggers and, as someone would say, influencers. The way that works, a brand reaches out and says, hey, we're doing this activation, and your message aligns with ours, and we would like you to create content, and hopefully it's an authentic alignment where we get to create what we experience and how we use their product and then share it with our audiences. Right. So, you know, it's making me think that even though... Yes, I also am creating content for myself while I'm doing that. Most contracts say that that content belongs to the brands. Right. And most of the time, down the line, they're benefiting more than we are. Mm-hmm. So it's like pretty short-term gain and short-term business vision. Mm-hmm. So have you thought about that and what are your thoughts on where you can take your business to so that you have better control over money coming into your account? Sure. I
1: think that there's only so much that one can do when it comes to the one-off post, kind of like what you were just mentioning. It's great because we need money and we need to support ourselves and we want to work with brands that are interested in us and that we are also interested in. But the one-off post isn't going to happen next month. So what's the larger picture? Like for me, I would love to continue to either do those one-off posts or create longer term partnerships where there's a couple posts a month and then there's a little bit more of a stronger relationship with the brand in an ongoing sense. But for me right now, I'm trying to think like, what can I do that expands my content, expands my reach, and the most important expands my how I affect people and inspire people. So I don't have the answer as to what that is yet. I'm very much trying to figure it out, but I think that there's only so much that we can do online and there's a really powerful thing that happens when we take our online presence and make it an offline presence. So I don't know if that means like, you know, public speaking or workshops or panels where I can connect to people in real life and share whatever skills and knowledge I have, but that is something that's sort of drumming up in the back of my mind because I don't just want to do one-off posts for brands forever.
0: And you do have a panel coming up.
1: I do. I do. Oh my goodness. I'm so nervous for it.
0: (laughs) So in July,
1: mid-July, I have to look at the exact date. I'm doing a boss babe panel. For a company called the financial gym, which is a financial planning services company, which I use and they're awesome. If anyone needs help with that. And the panel is me and three or four other women who are their own bosses, creating their own paths and have their own businesses. And they reached out to me. I got the email and I sort of just ignored the email at first. Cause I was like, oh, I don't want to be on a panel. Like I will just think this over. And I kind of forgot about it. My friend ended up sending me a text and she's like, oh, I hear you're going to be on the panel. I'm going to be on it too. And I was like, well, first of all, I didn't agree to do it yet. So (laughs) there's that problem. And then I just told her that I was feeling very hesitant about doing it because I felt odd being up on a panel, being considered a boss babe, thinking what kind of authority do I have To give people advice when I just started doing this and I really have no idea what I'm doing. And like, am I a boss babe? I don't know. (laughs) So I loved Mina's response back to me because she was like, listen, I feel the same way. Like, I don't have everything figured out. I don't have all the answers, but I'm getting up there as someone who is a person in flux who's figuring it out. And I think that perspective can be. Really valuable to people listening. You don't have to have it all figured out in order to give advice and to share your experience with everyone.
0: Totally. Totally. Yeah, we were just talking about this before we started recording that you actually learn more a lot of the time hearing from people who are in this journey and learning and failing than people who already are at the top or like farther away, like way farther away in the journey. Right. Because the, when they were building their business, the circumstances were different. Anyway, so I am going to do this. I'm going to read your bio out loud. Okay. And you're going to tell me what it is that you actually do, what's behind this. Great. So, Jared Foster Fowl, NYC creator, magic emoji, empowering women to get out of their comfort zones and not take life too seriously. Lifestyle, fitness, confidence, Adidas ambassador. That's me. (laughs) So, what's up? What do you actually do? So, I'm actually
1: glad that you read this because I recently changed it after doing a little workshop panel on how to brand yourself. And this was just my first go. So this was not something that I felt was totally final, but I was like, you know what, rather than just sitting and thinking about it and trying to make it the most perfect thing ever, let me just get something up there and we'll see how it feels. And I can always edit it. Thank goodness for editing
0: Instagram files. Yes. It like means like every week. <laughs> Who am I this week? I know.
1: It's like, how how have things changed over the last 24 hours? But instead of just simply listing who I am, I also want to think about what it is that I do and hopefully that I want to continue doing. And I hope that through my account, I accomplish a couple things. Through, sometimes it's the more silly, goofy things like, you know, style or I show my dog spicy grandpa or beauty products. Or sometimes it's the more deep, introspective things like speaking about mental health or past challenges that i've had i hope through all of those deeper topics that i inspire women to find confidence in themselves just as who they are right now and also to get out of their comfort zones and try new things whether that's a really small thing like coming to an event where you don't know anyone and you work out with a bunch of girls and meet them or maybe it's a much bigger thing like leaving your job if you're miserable and you hate it and you try something new so those are sort of the main themes that I try and convey and I guess preach through my Instagram
0: and with all of that what's the business model
1: Ooh, a great question. <laughs> Asking the tough questions.
0: I don't I don't really have one right now
1: because this is so new for me. I just started working with an agency, which is very exciting because I feel like I need someone else on board to be not necessarily like the strategy and the creative, but like I need another set of like ears and mind and heart to sort of complement what I'm doing. So I'm just starting to kind of hone in on some strategy with them and think a little bit more long term. So that's the only answer I have for you right now, because I'm like figuring it out big time. But I'm hoping in the next coming months to solidify that a little bit more.
0: And hey, you know, I used to give myself such a hard time for not having a strategy. And I also came to this breaking point where oh, I should have a brand strategist. I should have someone to tell me how to do an Excel sheet and a business plan. And then right. I looked back and I was like, wait, hold on. Without any plans, without any business strategy, I was able to travel the world, make money, impact people positively all over the, the world. world. So I'm not doing that bad. You're like, you know? I must know something at I this point, something. right? Yeah. So for you, you know, with your vision of empowering people to get out of their comfort zones and to feel more confident, what are some of your personal tools or practices or maybe people you go to like a psychic, psychic or astrologer Ooh. to feel those ways?
1: I think up until this point to get out of my comfort zone, I really just rely on myself. I think I rely on myself and also I have a really great support system with my family and my friends. But there really is no outside resource, even though I love a psychic or astrologer. I have like an astrology app on my phone that I reference sometimes that I really love. But it really just comes from me at this point. Over the last few years, it's it's been me.
0: So and when you say me, how do you connect to that part of you that is willing to face the fears? There is willing to stay out of the comfort zone. Do you have any rituals to connect with that wisdom? Whether it's like taking a deep breath or taking a bath, when you're like just overwhelmed and need some clarity where inside yourself do you go and how do you get there
1: I think I definitely because I consider myself an introvert very much thrive on alone time like I get my energy and feeling centered from just like going home and chilling and hanging out with my dog and just having time so I don't think there's any specific like Ritual or even like taking baths. I don't even really do that. <laughs> it's like mostly just kind of spending time by myself. And anytime I'm super anxious, I do find that breathing has a pretty big effect on me and just sort of centers me a bit. So yeah, I, th- I think it's like kind of this general idea of alone time and just having
0: time to reflect by myself in my apartment hmm. with my dog. I think this is, yeah. you're setting such a good example of just giving people ease. I don't need to know everything, I don't need to have a plan just like taking it day by day and going what feels good in the moment yeah, and sort of letting joy be your compass because BBG felt cool and joyful, right? Right, Right. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that we put
1: a lot of pressure on ourselves to have all the answers and have this grand plan or have a business plan for ourselves or just have some sort of idea of what we're doing. And especially in our 20s, I think it's so crucial to explore and just because you work really hard for something, whether it's a job or even a relationship, we change and we are allowed to change and we can become someone else and have our dreams change with that. So just because you work for something and then achieve it doesn't mean that you can then can't later take a fork in the road and
0: take a different path. Yeah. So I have this firm belief that however we're feeling about ourselves, about our business, about what we're doing on the inside, Gets reflected online, specifically mm. on Instagram. Yeah, I like that. I'm curious to see if you have noticed that.
1: Yeah, oh my goodness. Well, the first thing that I can think of is that not too long after leaving Soul Cycle, I got, because I post a lot on Insta stories every day, I'm just talking to the camera, I got a lot of messages, people telling me how happy I looked, or I still get those now, and how much younger I look, <laughs> and just sort of revived and glowing. And I wasn't doing, I mean, maybe there's a little bit more self tanner on or something like that. But to me, that just reflected such a huge change in the lifestyle that I had just made because at SoulCycle, even though, you know, I have so much love for it still, it's, it's quite a special place, but I was just exhausted. <laughs> all the time, mentally, physically, and just the life had been sucked out of me. And then to leave and no longer be teaching three classes a day and finally have some time to sleep and recharge and even take a break from exercising, which I have been over the last month or two, I think that really reflected for sure through my physical appearance. And then certainly through my posts. I think there was sort of a resurgence of creativity that I had been lacking for a while because with soul cycle it takes so much time and energy that it was really hard to maintain good content.
0: Mm. So it's that energy that we put into whatever content we create that people really pick up on. Absolutely. And it doesn't make sense to just push yourself because you have the scheduling and you just need to schedule and produce a certain amount of content, but it's really the vibes behind that that people pick up on. Yeah. I love that. So to wrap this up What would you tell maybe like three tips or pieces of advice to someone who is just finding their way in this online world and wants to establish a strong online brand? And whether you believe it or not that you're a boss babe, you are a boss babe. Thank you. So (laughs) what would you tell someone who is, or maybe what would you tell yourself when you just had 50 followers and when you were just starting out?
1: I think it's easy to get wrapped up in the idea that, oh, there's a million influencers now. And if you're into fitness like there's a million fitness influencers or if you're into food same thing and it's easy to get wrapped up in this idea of like oh everyone else is doing it so there's no place for me or my content has less value than them But every person is different. We all have our own personalities. We all have our different nuggets of wisdom that we can share. And we all have our own voice. And that's what makes us individually (laughs) so unique. So you have to give value to what you know, to what you want to share, and to what you want to create. And I think once you start to have belief in your worth in terms of the content you can create, that's going to show and that's going to be your unique message and what you put out there. And there's so much value in that.
0: And how do you believe in your worth?
1: Oh my goodness, <laughs> coming in with more hard questions here. I think it's a feeling. I think you know when you are creating and innovating and feeling good about what you're doing. I think that's what it comes down to. You know your worth through a feeling. It's not this tangible thing. It's something that you have to experience and actively pursue because I don't think that people just walk around being like, yo, I'm so worthy today. You know, I think it's something you have to practice actively seeking and feeling.
0: And if you were to name that feeling, what is it?
1: I mean, I, I don't think it can just be one word. I think it would have to be something like some of these strong words like confidence and empowerment and love and passion. It's sort of these strong, bold words that maybe seem a little bit vague, but if we work towards them, it's something that we can actively feel.
0: Mm. And if you guys are listening, you're like, okay, these words sound amazing, but how do I actually embody that? And yeah. Take that on. I want to offer you this practice that changed my life. Oh, wait, I'm And ready. it's affirmations. Okay. And so the high level of it is to actually stand in front of a mirror and tell yourself, I am, I am, I am all these things. But a more subtle way into that, that I have adapted. Every single morning, I take out my journal, and I write down three ways I want to feel. So, for example, you know, if we're talking about feeling worthy and mm-hmm. the feeling is associated with that, you would take out your journal and say, and write down, I am worthy, I am confident, I am bold. And just sitting with it for a moment, taking a deep breath, and letting yourself set that direction for the day mm-hmm. changes everything. Because if we don't create that intention of how we want to feel for the day, and that's why I do Breakfast Criminals, you mm-hmm. know, I'm all about those morning intentions, whether it takes shape of food or affirmations or intentions. And when we set that sort of like marker and flag of how we want to feel, the universe kind of just throws opportunities at us so that we can feel that way. I got to start doing that.
1: You already are that. Oh, okay. But
0: me, but like, like, like you said, like do that specifically. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, can't wait to see what happens when you take what you already are and amplify that. We're I'm doing excited. affirmations. Wow. What a great conversation, guys. I'm we got to like, run. We have a cacao ceremony coming up and it's Jarrah's first I have no ceremony. idea what that is and I'm so excited so <laughs> tune into the podcast if you you know missed part of it Woken wired and please dm myself at woke and wired and jera.bean j-e-r-a dot b-e-a-n yep, that's me. and post some stories what you're taking away from this episode we really love receiving messages and you know how people say when you get to a certain amount of followers you don't respond that's not us. So DM us. Yes. yes, please. We want to hear from you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, girl. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. Leave a review and find all the show notes on wokeandwired.com and connect with me on Instagram at woke and wired. Stay woke, stay wired, and have an incredible day.